I have to pull up in my list because while I was driving home, I was just hit with a plethora of thoughts related to podcasting. That happened to me months ago now. Gosh, it was before my wedding and I was going to get, you remember I told you I went to get the patch test for the lash extensions uh-huh. that I never got because of lockdown. Hello, Lorelei. Stop that. For me. Um, that everyone that's Lorelei, Lorelei, the podcast. <laughs> She's looking at me like, what <laughs> do? <laughs> um, but yeah, I was driving to London and yeah, I like yeah. was on the way back and I physically had to call you because I was like, I have too many ideas. I don't have any pens. I only oh have two hands and they're driving. <laughs> like, what do I do? And that's when I need like the personal assistant who's mm-hmm. like, don't worry, Hannah, I brought your coffee and I have a notepad with perfect handwriting. <laughs> like, Jenny, write this down. Yeah. It's just your memoirs. <laughs> yeah, dress. Get in here. <laughs> Um, I just used voice to text <laughs> and you know, that episode of Gilmore girls where Laura like calls herself like 30 times on the telephone. Yeah. That was me <laughs> like writing this video stuff at myself. Um, no, but she had to leave voicemails. So she was yeah. like under the sink banister paint. Bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder if she said, hello, Laura, it's me. And then just goodbye. Enter every time that would have been very funny. the past. <laughs> I was going to say the future, but that wouldn't make sense. The- I like the falter there. Yeah, um, this is officially, you guys aren't hearing this on this day, but it is the first day of 2021 that we're recording. Shook it, to so, be honest with you. It can only go up. Surely it can only go up from here. We said that in 2020, so I'm not tying my hopes you know, to anything. 2020 for me was still better than 2018 and 2019. Uh, yeah, large parts of it for me. Getting married was good. <laughs> not dating like, my ex was good so I liked that uh, part. you moving to New York was also good for both that was of us, the you? best part I'm not mad about the year that fast forwarded either because everybody was like oh the days went by so slow but the year went so fast and to be honest with you I'm like Ooh. like yeah I heard evermore for the first time today it was okay I am a huge fan of Bonnie Bear so any song that Bonnie Bear does I'll probably like Taylor mm-hmm. Swift's portion I was just like I kept waiting for it to like get good and it just I have not I've heard Coney Island I haven't listened to a bunch of the other stuff like that that's on the album just because I'm not in like a sad girl mood right now and I definitely feel like you have to be in that that kind of space to appreciate where she's taking you the journey yeah I I was expecting Evermore to be slightly different considering that folklore was like angst, 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 Avril Lavigne angst. I was ready for Evermore to be like, but don't worry, here's the upbeat Taylor Swift that you know and love. Like, I appreciate her struggles. Not all of us can be super upbeat, happy all the time. And she's, you know, a celebrity quarantining in New York with her cats and her really hot actor boyfriend. I'm struggling to, I'm struggling yeah. to plumb the depths <laughs> of her Empathy is well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Is it that bad? I'm just like you. Oh my gosh, the angst. Like, I would have um, so appreciated that album had I been in like 10th grade. Or in 2019. 2019 would have been been a prime time for that album. Would have been living for it. Mm, Taylor, conversation needs to be had about you releasing on my timeline. Yeah, this is obviously about Emma's moods and not yours. Um, And the sooner you learn that. (laughs) <laughs> you'll blow up baby um speaking of new year's eve how did you spend yours um oh, i got really crazy over here Ooh. i won't lie i drank rosé mm-hmm. 
I did a face mask. Okay. I went to sleep. Wow. Bold. So wild times. <laughs> Bold. I mean, most of my friends are out of town right now anyway. Like a lot of people went back home for the holiday. A lot of them are also like way antisocial. So I never really expected there to be a ton of activity. And last year I was at a party and this year I figured if I start maybe low key, maybe 2021 will be nicer to me. Yeah. I hear you. So very nice. I spent mine with my in-laws. They are very into like theme nights, which was actually really fun. They wanted to do a cruise and I've never been on a cruise because hot weather makes me cantankerous and hateful. Um, use the word cantankerous. You don't hear that one very often. You're welcome. And I just, I haven't had like six grand to throw away. So I haven't been on a cruise. Um, and oh, you have. don't have six grand just to toss into the water? <laughs> How are you going to get by? Um, so anyway, I, I haven't been on a cruise. So I went with like shopping each town in my brain. This is what one would pack on a cruise. Hence mm-hmm. one would wear on a cruise. Okay. So I wore like cuillots and then like a, like a crop top. And my in-laws were in like very formal attire. My mother-in-law wore sequins, like a gown. I was wow. Like, what kind of cruise is she going on? So apparently when you go on a cruise in the evenings, you're, you're mm-hmm. dressed for dinner. So you dress like really nicely. And oh, I think it's a European kinda. thing. I was channeling like what in my head is a cruise, which is flawed because I'm from you know the sticks of America so Uh unfortunately the rest of the world does not do what we do which is Hmm. like flip-flops everywhere so they were like very formally dressed and I was like oh I will say on the cruise I went on eons ago we took a big family vacation it it was kind of formal in the evenings like no one was dressed to the nines by any means but no one was wearing jeans either so yeah so my sister and brother-in-law who are living with my in-laws they went on a cruise at the beginning of 2020 Mm -hmm. um and theirs was like that where like you were dressed up a little bit but you weren't like but apparently the cruises that they're used to going on you go like full tilt Hmm. yeah um you go full candle (laughs) (laughs) if you don't get that joke google the word candle and what it means in french french i did that right (laughs) i was like I felt like I was going in the wrong direction. (laughs) Anyway, so had a great time. I will find a like reel of it and I'll post it on the TCT because the show in London was incredible. Hmm. Totally worth a YouTube. So basically they had like all the different major monuments on the Thames light up and so it's like oh it'll be a light show fun and then there were fireworks at every like there were like six different points throughout london it was Mm -hmm. trying to prevent people from gathering they didn't want people to like yeah mass so they did like this amazing light show and they had drones that were lit up that like moved oh my gosh it was so cool like i thoroughly enjoyed myself and it wasn't like oh fireworks oh different color fireworks mm-hmm. oh, more fireworks like it was genuinely like wow um so 10 out of 10 would recommend to a friend youtube mm. 2021 yeah miko wasn't huge on the fireworks um and they continued until at least three in the morning so I wasn't amazingly thrilled with them <laughs> so chill and like miko oh my god I, I felt so bad for her because i don't remember there being any major event on the fourth of july that like scarred her forever permanently 
but here people just don't care and it was just boomy chaos in the sky for hours and she was like we're dying do you know that we're dying we have to under attack you don't understand how serious it is (laughs) i felt bad for her but she refuses to be comforted she just sits there on high alert and just like stares at the wall like it's great oh god okay okay um one more thing before we get into the actual episode okay so i told you i started season two of studio mcgee which is not the name of the show the name of the show is really random to me and i'm still trying to grasp what it means it's dream home makeover i think they just like were like what do people google when they think of home design they're like dream home makeover and they're like that's the name of our show now (laughs) but it follows this design firm that's actually really good um and they're called studio mcgee their last name is mcgee they're a family-run business you know the whole the whole anyway really good designer her name is shay and his name is sid man and they have the first like same letter of their names like their daughters wear bows everywhere they go like it's not like a super southern like a it's a whole like, moment lady gaga and sia would be like at shay where do you get your bows from <laughs> like, but anyway the the show's really good i started season two of it season mm-hmm. one was on netflix and the whole time i'm watching it i'm thinking two things okay one i really like design shows so it's really hard to put me off like there's not a lot that you could do that i wouldn't be like oh wow cool because yeah. i love diy design and yeah Um, But the one thing I was thinking the whole time is every single episode, they redo a different like family's home in some way, shape or form. Every single person that they show, like throughout the whole, like two seasons, dresses exactly the same. And so my question now at State of Utah, does everyone dress like that? Or is it just Salt Lake City. So the show is based in Salt Lake City. Okay. And I'm not kidding you. Like you can watch an episode and they would all shop at the same boutique. Like what is, describe the style to me. Okay. So kind of like uh, blog meets slight hipster meets Uncommon James. So they are basically in like slightly neutral tone tops with either an embellished sleeve or like some sort of slight pattern to them. They then move into the French tuck into Levi's jeans that are either wide leg. Some of them have like the pattern trousers, you know, with the Mm. bow and they're all tucked in. And then they have like the low flat or the, like the boot and it like waves. Like you can't, you can't tell them apart almost from how synonymous their style is. I don't like it. It's very Stepford and it's very interesting to me. I'm like, is it, is it like a thing? Is it like everybody follows the same six people on Instagram? Is it there for you then buy these things? What, what's happening? It's kind of like when, it's kind of like when you see those photos of like, it's a group of like, and everyone's like, oh, look at all the Ashley's ready for Christmas. And they're all in like high brown riding boots with skinny jeans. They usually have on some sort of like A-line blouse with a puffy jet well whoa puffy vest and they all have like either extensions or my haircut one or the other um one of the yeah two. yeah um i will send some screenshots later but it's it's we'll basically on the gram but it's 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 literally like the 20 
you know, later 2010, 2020s Stemfords. They all have white houses. They all have stone somewhere in the house. Yeah. They all wear the same six outfits and they all shop at the same stores. They all get their hair done the same way. And I'm like, their names all end in E-I-G-H. Something like that. Yeah. Or they have like the strange names. Like one of the client's names was Lindley. Oh my God. Lindley. Like I just had to slow down to understand what your name was. I mean, granted, like the names that I have picked for my future offspring are like unorthodox, but not. Mine are, mine are out there. I'll be honest. But not you. like that weird though, like unique, but not. I mean, probably everyone thinks that about the names. <laughs> the name Je ne sais quoi is really calm <laughs> and really soothing. Better than McCain Linlay. It's actually McCaudlinlay. <laughs> but no, it's, spelled, it's spelled like McKee Lynn Lee. Now the Y is confusing, but it goes before the K and after the G. We can do this for a while. So um, I just want to show you really quick. Um, and I might take a screenshot, but I don't want to reveal anything of what my notes look like when I drive. Because um, I just like voice text it. And it's just like, so I'm going to just pick a couple of these things that I really was like, I need to talk about this. So I learned a new identifier for our age group. And that is children born at the end of Gen Y and beginning of Gen Z. And we are called. No, that is not who we are. Well, I just want you to know that they call us zillennials. But that's, that's who Luke is. So my husband is born at the end of Gen Y. Almost, he's very cuspy. He's a cuspy millennial, but he was cut off on the millennial side. 1995 is the decider. So if you were born 1995 or before, antes, for those who speak Spanish. Wait, that's after. Antes, después. No. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyway, this has uh, been language quarter with him. <laughs> anyway, um, if you were born 1995 or before, you are a millennial, but you're like I know. cuspy. I and know, then, I know. But that's because because of the cuspiness. That's why there's this new like trend of so, 90, 92 to 95. They're calling us zillennials. Those bastards. I am yeah. not a zillennial. I am a millennial. That's an M, dang it. Yeah. Well, I mean, 93 I'm is more like... Gen X y than I am Gen Y E in a lot of ways. Oh, she's more Gen X y. Not only because, like, a lot of millennials, they want to, like, start a travel blog and then, like, get a, I don't know, like, laptop deal and, and do YouTube videos. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> love to travel, but would never blog about it. Well, I just thought it was an interesting anecdote. So anecdote. But the other thing I wanted to mention was there's a lot of aggressive billboards along the highway. And um, one of my favorites was um, it's a website called like God versus man. And it's <laughs> I still laugh about it. It says, we want your soul. <laughs> just like I lost it. I was like, first of all, do you, the man, want the soul? Or are you saying- yeah, kind of like, ambiguous. Are you saying like, we as in the religious community want your soul, but at the same time for both groups, it's a little aggressive. And I just, I can't not hear in the Grinch's voice, so. <laughs> it's just very aggressively ambiguous. Like I have more questions than I have answers, but I'm still like, but why? Yeah. 
And final one, which is also a billboard, was so the billboard was Adult Mart, which I know is like an adult, like erotic store, you know, like whatever. But my immediate thought was a store that sells adults. So you go to Adult Mart. Adult Mart. (laughs) You need a grown up. That's where you go. Gosh, I wish I knew how to re roof my building. What do I do? Come on down to Adult Mart. That's what my brain went to. So amazing. We should really start. Okay. I'm just saying that that's what I want to talk about. I have plenty more, but I'll save it for you guys. Okay. Well, hey, everyone. Hello and welcome to the Transcontinental Tea. I'm Emma. I'm Hannah. And this week's episode is aptly called Try This On for Midsize. Now, Hannah. You might be thinking, wait a second. That's not how the saying goes. We know that. So why would we ever decide to alter such a thing? Hannah, why would we do that? Well, it's actually very fortuitous that you asked that question because so. statistically, midsize style represents the average body. So this is not to say that it is the best body, it is the right body. It's to say statistically, the average body is midsize, which means mm-hmm. in the US, you're either an eight all the way up to an 18 or you're a 10 to a 20 in the UK. And it's weird because most retailers market to the smaller or the larger ends of the size spectrum, but not midsize. And (laughs) would you know it, Emma and I are both midsize. Well, ain't that just the way? That's true. Um, I do range from an eight to a 10 US size in most stores. So I thought you were going to use the whole size range. (laughs) (laughs) That is a lie. (laughs) The lies. The lies. (laughs) At our meme reference from last week. So uh, did we post that? I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, mm, I have to look. I don't think I did. <laughs> I think I wanted to, and then I couldn't figure out how to do like separate captions for each post. I got frustrated and I just quit. So okay, that's um, um, great work ethic. We'll get back to you. <laughs> we're so busy. <laughs> okay, so anyway, as we have described up to this point, we are talking about midsize style, the struggles, the consequences of being born with hips. And just the general struggle that we face in finding our fashion. Yeah, and some of the triumphs too. So um, there are definitely benefits to being midsize. Mm-hmm. And we will talk about them. But not before we do a tea of the week. Mm, teeny tiny sip time. All right. Do you want to go first? Um, I can go first. Mine's pretty quick. Honestly, other than what we already talked about, re-New Year's Eve, nothing really amazing happened. I've been inside most of the week because, sadly, someone that I know got COVID, and so I wanted to be just a little bit extra safe. And I wasn't within the exposure range. I didn't get any symptoms, but I just didn't want to be, like, spreading it around. So I just tried to stay at home. Stay at home. So I was literally home, in the house, in the house, bored. I did do one thing of note, and that was Bridgerton. Now, if you've been living under a rack or you are not a 25 to 40 year old woman, you probably don't know what Bridgerton is. Um, (laughs) Bridgerton is a new series on Netflix and Mm -hmm. it's basically my dream show. Shonda Rhimes did it. I don't know how she did it. I didn't send her a note, but she just (laughs) gathered all of the great things that I wanted in the show. And poof, there it is. He was like, you know, so, I really like this. Yeah. You know. 
Hannah would love this. I bet she used that exact voice. Hannah would love this. Hannah would love this. Um, <laughs> so I basically binged Bridgerton, which is a, I think, 10 episode series. Anyway, I basically binged the whole series in about two and a half to three days. And I have three things to take away from it. One, it's fantastic. All of the reviews that say it's fantastic. Yeah. They're absolutely right. Not like, a lie. You know, those reviews that came out after Emily in Paris came out where they were like, this is a great show. The no, name's Sex and the City. Wrong. wrong. They were paid. They were paid to say that. That's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Wrong-o. Wrong-o. Um, the second thing I will say is it is exactly how the reviewers describe it, which is I wouldn't call it a mix of Downton Abbey and Gossip Girl. I think that's a little bit, uh, it's closer to a mix of Pride and Prejudice meets Gossip Girl. Mm, I love that. Only because the social dynamics are much more interrelated and Downton Abbey is much more about one family. So although Bridgerton is named after one of the character families, there's so many different plot streams going through it. I don't think you can really compare the two. Oh, Okay. Um, I saw I saw one scene where it was like a one like a young girl or she was asking like how someone could get pregnant like and they're not married or something yeah. like that yeah it was really funny it's it was really funny they were so there's there's a girl who's very Jane Austen so she doesn't want to get married like she's in a wealthy family but she doesn't have any interest in following in those footsteps it, she's one of the kind of side characters but she she was like terrified that she could fall pregnant without getting married because there was a woman who got pregnant out of wedlock in the show and she was like no this would end my life like i wanted to do so many things like what do you mean i thought if you didn't get married you couldn't get pregnant (laughs) i wish that's how it worked (laughs) not true and then the third thing that i would say is aside from watch it it's really 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 good it's very smart tv so Shonda Rhimes, if you're not a Shonda Rhimes person, did Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, a lot of really intelligent TV. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, oh my gosh, this person's up like this person. Ew. It, it's really thought provoking. It's emotional. It's mm-hmm. very, it's very good TV. I, I am a huge fan. I can't wait for the following seasons. I'll probably have to rewatch the season that I already watched waiting for it. Cause I think it's supposed to take until 2022 at oh. COVID. Thanks a lot. So yeah. Sad. Okay. <laughs> um, I had trouble and this never happens to me. I had trouble choosing between teas for this week. Like this never. Plethora. So I did have a plethora and I don't know why. Maybe it was like people were trying to meet their quotas of stupidity with the new year coming on and they were just like, I gotta go quick. So um, I'm, I'm of two minds with this one. So I think the one that I'm going to go into is a mansplaining incident that occurred today, actually. So I didn't use the word mansplaining with them because as soon as you use it, you get accused of being like a third wave feminist, crazy person. First of all, I have a lot of waves in my hair. Thank you. So it's not just three, (laughs) that would look ridiculous. You're stupid. see that tweet where a girl is like um i had a man trying to mansplain the word sawhorse to me but i know it's the past tense of seahorse thank you very much <laughs> and it is so funny I love it. <laughs> um, but in this scenario i'm part of a fitness group on facebook Oops. and it's i mean it's fine i don't post very often but it's usually a error room. It's a, it's a pretty, I've posted twice and I've been in it for like two years. So it's actually a really, um, 
encouraging community. Like there's not really, you always get like that person in each forum, but um, for the most part, it's pretty uplifting stuff. Like people lose like insane amounts of weight and they just like talk about how they did it and things like that, you know? So it's just a generally um, supportive community. So I did a post about ED recovery and you know, and anyone else in this community who's in ED recovery knows that you call it ED. You don't just say eating disorder every single time. However, I mean, I suppose you could, but most people who post about it with any regularity do ED. Right. And if you like, I've never said to someone that like in person, like I'm going through ED recovery, they've always known what I'm talking about. I did get a lot of erectile dysfunction jokes, which was whatever. I was like, yes, clearly I have erectile dysfunction, as you can see. And big I was feet. like, you know what they say? You know what they say about big feet? Um, must have a penis. Um, I really, I wear a size eight for women, so that can't hold true for me. So I'm sorry, but I, I was like, I was a good sport about it because like it was just a crude dude joke, and I was just like, ha 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 ha, yeah, penis jokes. But one guy decided to tell me that um, no one calls eating disorder ED. You need to spell it out. And I was like. That's so funny that you would know exactly what the recovery community calls it. That's so strange to me because you're but not. Why would it merit a comment? Right. Um, so <laughs> this other guy who had like, I've been joking around with earlier in that same forum, came back with a screenshot of like a bunch of different disorder acronyms and ED equals eating disorder. <laughs> so he put like a check mark next to it and we laughed about it. And the guy comes back again with another screenshot of other things ED can mean. And, you know, it's quite a lot. It is a lot of things, but I felt like it would have been a logical jump to make from fitness community, ED recovery, probably means eating disorder. Like to me. Well, and plus I'm guessing you didn't just say like, I'm an ED recovery period. Like no, I said, I said like ED recovery is tough and it's not linear, but you know, like I feel like I've made major progress and it was a side-by-side photo of how I look now versus when I was like sickly thin so to me the logical correlation between the two photos in ed would equal two plus two equals five apparently (laughs) that's my favorite video (laughs) but there's this wait 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 let me finish it before we run away because we'll we'll never explain it so there's this Jimmy Kimmel thing where he's like hey parents pretend to eat your kids Halloween candy and then record them and one of the moms records these two boys and they're hilarious. But one of the boys, the whole time, the other boy's like lecturing the mom about eating the candy is going two plus two and just staring at his fingers. And really, <laughs> you can tell just thinking. And at the, almost the end of the video, he goes, it's five. <laughs> and his brother looks at him so sweet. And he goes, it's actually four, but you were so close. <laughs> <laughs> I love supportive big brothers. Anyway, back um, to Emma. Anyway he posted a list and one of the first ones was like emergency department or something. So the guy that had posted the ED equals eating disorder screenshot and I were joking. I was like, yeah, you know, I was really struggling with my emergency department recently. So I'm really glad I could bring awareness to this. And he was like, like, side by side photos. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, ah, yeah, my dang, like insert another innocuous thing ED stands for has really been acting up recently. (laughs) So we had fun with it. And then the other dude, the mansplainer came back and he was saying like, you shouldn't assume people know what you mean by that in this community. I was like, you, their correlation and context is important and you should not assume that you know what people in this group are going through. So to say 
this doesn't belong in this group or people in this group will understand what you mean, I feel is incorrect. And it's he- just funny because he knew what it meant. So, <laughs> like, like, and he, because I had put like, and I made an edit. I was like, I, I'm obviously referring to eating disorder, not erectile dysfunction. Thank you for the penis jokes. <laughs> and he was like, well, it's not quote unquote obvious. And I was like, okay, reel it in. <laughs> Cause I was ready. But as soon as I told him, like, you shouldn't assume what people in this group are going through. He was like, well, either way, like good work. And I was like, you're dead to me. Just as an aside, this is every week with Emma. She's a very strong keyboard warrior. The force is strong with this. I always do this IRL as well. I would like to. No, no, no. But you have these interactions all the time because you're present online. Whereas I just kind of hang out in the background and shop. Like (laughs) I don't really engage. I am aggressive in every facet of my life. And that includes fighting with complete strangers online. And I don't consider myself a troll by any means. Like I don't intentionally provoke people. You don't really um, seek conflict, but you engage in it. It's true. Mostly like some of the times, actually most of the time I start typing and I'm like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Just move on. But other times they are just saying such blatantly wrong things that I'm like, mm, let me tell you how things work around here. <laughs> it's like the devil and the angel on your shoulder. And you just like, it's like the angel. <laughs> <Daddy>. <laughs> so anyway that's my tea it was difficult to choose from because i had some really other lighter ones that will get mentioned later on i've got a list so i'm ready good we actually are doing a teeny tiny little product this week as well and i will go first because i'm talking right now grab and go is our sweet little deluxe version a very light uh reverse mugging it's like it's a diet version yeah it's very diet it's it's just quick one thing that you love can't live without kind of like when you're in those like competitions on like um old tv where you did like the shopping cart competition where you had to like put things in your cart really really fast this is the grab and go yeah this is that so my thing is i am obsessed with american eagle jeans now you might be looking at me and going hannah that is so 2008 come on nobody wears american eagle anymore at you you're wrong um so (laughs) definitely wrong i also wear them so I'm obsessed with them. So they're not the same jeans. They're not your high school jeans for sure. sure. One of the biggest things about American Eagle that I really like is that they're super, super body positive in the right way. Like they're not mm-hmm. one side of the spectrum positive. They're not focused on marketing. They're just like, this is people and this is what we want to focus on. And I really like that. But I, I mentioned this on like one of the first episodes of the podcast, but I refuse to wear jeans that don't have stretch in them. I am too old to wear jeans that are not comfortable. So one of my favorite things about American Eagle jeans is I buy the like skinny jeans slash leggings. Oh, so comfortable. There's one called the dream jean. It is the dream jean. It's literally like wearing leggings. They mean it when they say it. Yeah, but it doesn't look like, you know, the creepy jeggings with like the stitched pockets that like you can't even tell. Oh, they're just bad. They, They pull up, they don't like zip or anything. It's not mm-hmm. that it's, it's actual, like they look like jeans, but they feel like leggings and it is love it. delicious. Ingenious, really. Back to you, Emma. Love you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been a real one since I got, ever since I hit puberty, they've been like high on my list of things I can wear without feeling like, the sizes have always been consistent. So I really like them. 
But don't talk too much about that because that's later in the episode. That's a later episode part. So anyway, uh, my little teeny product is actually a tiny product. It's a pimple patch. So my sister got me a bunch of these for Christmas because she knows that skincare is like sort of my bag right now. And it probably should have always been. But listen, sometimes we're late bloomers. So sometimes we get to the party late, you know, doesn't mean we don't enjoy being there. I use pimple patches and there's this ongoing trend right now among people using band-aids as a pimple patch and it's like with those ones that you get for blisters so it's the same concept except that the pimple patch doesn't have the adhesive on the sides that's going to like rip your skin off when you use it it's designed for spot treatment and it's just the portion the portion that they're all using on their face for their zits it's the same thing but in a smaller patch. So I don't really understand that trend when pimple patches have been out for like God knows how long. Mm -hmm. And I'm not also going to irritate my skin around it by putting a bandaid on it. Like that's ridiculous to me. So at all of you just ride the pimple patch train and it's bored. Get get up on here. Come on. It's like the Polar Express, but for pimples. So anyway, that is my teeny tiny product. And we only did one because we were concerned we would go on for a while. So this is like a really good time for us. We really tried because to be honest with you, we had a lot of conversation at the beginning of this. We had a lot of discussion and we could have done more and we had to just curb our enthusiasm. Bring it in because next is a special segment. I'm Here so excited. This is the thing we've all been waiting for that has been mentioned multiple times throughout the podcast without any sort of proper recognition. I want all of you to picture one of those giant ribbons they used to use to open like banks and stores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is what we have before us. And I am here to cut it. Today is the inaugural segment of Emma's Bees. This dating segment you've all Welcome to the nightmare that is my life. Yay. Get your tissues and get your notebooks because you're not going to believe some of these stories. Emma, let's bring it in. So here we are, we've arrived to the hive. Reporting to you live from the from hive. The hive. <laughs> Very nice, I love that. Little improv rhyming for you guys there. Um, okay, what is my dating experience with apps such as Bumble? And over the holiday, I had some disappointing encounters. And I think this is likely highly relatable among women. I don't know if men experience this as much because it's only ever really been done to me by men. Um, I'm sure that I'm guilty of it in some way or another that I'm not conscious of. At men, tell us about your experiences. Write us in. So let me just premise this little section by saying I am at a point in my life where I am comfortable being authentically myself. Yes, and that, that has not been the case up until I would say in the last couple of months, this really is the method that I have chosen as my approach. And that is, I, I don't feel that I come on strong necessarily. And it disagrees with me by the wide eyed expression that she just made. But I mean, Hannah, explain how you think I come on. I think Emma is aggressively who she is. 
And I think there were points in her life where she hid that under a slight rug, Mm -hmm. but I think the rug was kind of like glowing. Like you tried to hide like an extraterrestrial being that was like neon underneath like a sheepskin rug. And so the sheepskin rug was there. There was a giant lump and it was like, Mm -hmm. so yes, I definitely think that you have been more subtle, but I don't think that you are a subtle human. (laughs) So I just like one of her opening lines that she talked about on the podcast was, um, let the jar where I keep my emotions or something <laughs> like that. That was like, what? <laughs> I thought it was funny and I still think it's funny. I asked if he was strong enough to open the jar where I keep my emotions. Because? Because in his bio, he said he was strong enough to open any jar. This is what I'm saying. So, <laughs> to me, it's the logical think- progression. <laughs> One of her lines on her bio is like, let's get all of our traumas out on the table right away. And I meant it. (laughs) Let me tell you, in the first day, you will know my traumas. So back to the, I am an aggressive individual. I am okay with it because to me, I'm just weeding out the weak. And if you don't like it now, you're not going to like it later because that's going to be the norm. So for me, I'm just like, yes, I come on strong. Yes. I will be, once I decide to be interested in you, I will be interested. And, um, I just, I can't make apologies for making people uncomfortable because that's just who I am as a person. So accept it or ghost up to you. And I can't really weird voices. And I had to do those weird voices for my husband before (laughs) we could get through like six months of dating. Because imagine like you think you're marrying this totally normal person. And they're like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) They ruin your day. (laughs) I have to throw out my Grinch quotes almost immediately because it's just the norm. So no, I agree. I mean, and it's like, it's weird things about myself that I don't think are weird because to me, that's just part of my personality. So I don't think it's weird until someone tries to convince me that it's weird. And I'm like, well, I just think you're wrong. So, you know, you can to the left. Um, <laughs> Beyonce your way out of here. <laughs> Beyonce that way. Um, so I wrote down, what did I write? A couple of notes here. Just some anecdotes recently from the dating world of Emma. And one of those was going to be a tea and I decided to just present it in this little segment. And that was, I started talking to a guy and we're not really talking anymore because that's just the norm. It is my life. We talk for a few days, it falls off. They try to text me six months later and I have long deleted their number. It is what it is. You can't go in with expectations beyond meeting people in some capacity. So I meant to message Hannah, these photos of this dude. And I was like, Oh, like, what do you think? I think he's cute. This, this, and that. If you don't think he's cute, then I'll just block him now. No, that's not true. Um, Hannah and I have very different tasted men. (laughs) So, but I do try to be objective. Mm -hmm. So in the discussions on, do you think this guy's attractive? I look at it from, do I think that Emma would find him attractive slash mm-hmm. do I find him generally not bad? Not ugly. We have, no, because we have very opposite tastes. So like so if Emma were doing the same for me, it would be, do I find him attractive for Hannah slash do I find him generally not bad? Yeah. Yep. Um, but I did not send those photos to Hannah. No, no. I sent them to someone else who I had also been talking to at one point or another. And all I can say is thank God WhatsApp lets you delete photos because <laughs> it was the two photos of the guy and then me being like, hey, like, what do you think about this new prospect? Like, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, so I quickly realized my error before, thank God, before he opened them. And all it shows 
is that this message was deleted. So I was just like, oh, sorry, wrong chat. And he was like, no big deal. And I was like, whoops, <laughs> stealth mode. As on the side, the guy was okay. He, I, it was more so like a personality thing. I, mean, I thought he was attractive, but if you can like match wit or keep up in some way, like I don't think, and my stepdad has told me this, he's like, there's not a man alive who can keep up with you in terms of banter. Like if Hannah were a dude, that would be it. And I'm okay with that because I'm just an amalgamation of every woman I've ever thought was cool. So it's fine. But if someone can keep up in some way, then I'm just more attracted to them in general because I'm not, I don't want to get ha ha. Yeah. As a response. So um, yeah. the, other, the other note was just like how frustrating it is to talk to someone and form a connection with someone. And then it just shroop, nothing. It's just gone. And it's just like, why, you know, like, especially when someone previously tells you like, if how I were like to feel changed or I did not see this going somewhere, I would tell you, you know, and that is super irritating, which is not to say like that I, that's an experience I've had recently, but in the past that has been something that has been said. So I don't necessarily believe men off the cuff when they say things like that because it's like okay well I've heard that before you know so um and I respect feelings changing I don't hold them to an expectation you don't have to talk to me just be an adult about it you know as an aside 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 what you were just saying about like feelings changing and one of the first conversations that I had with my husband is expectations I really really hate in relationships and I've heard women do this so this is not at men this is at humans. Mm-hmm. I hate when someone says, Oh, I just wish my partner did X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And then they told their partner the opposite. So for example, Valentine's day, Oh, we're not going to do Valentine's day gifts. Don't worry. Yeah. And then cut to that person in the office. They didn't get me anything for Valentine's day. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you are a psychopath. Like yeah. you have told them don't get you anything. And then you're like, they didn't get anything like you are crazy so one of the first things that we and we keep this up to to this day expectations if we say this is the expectation nobody including myself has the right to be upset when the expectation is met so if the plan is we're not going to see each other for a whole day because we've made opposite plans I can't be like I didn't see you yesterday like I can, I can miss him, but I can't be upset at him for making said plans. And the same thing is true with like dating. So if you're setting the expectation that, Hey, if we do not feel this is going well, we don't feel simpatico, we're not into it. We will tell each other. And then you just ghost. That's really irritating to me on like, it's like a weird OCD thing, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it's inconsistent and disintegrous and I don't like it. Yeah. And I will say that like, I am definitely guilty, not of like proclaiming like, Oh, I'll tell you, but I am guilty. Like what I do is like almost a slow siphon. Like I don't like to ghost outright because I feel like it's just rude. And it's not that like, I'm going to ignore you, but it's like, if I'm not interested, especially if I haven't met you and we've only talked digitally, Mm -hmm. I'm going to just slowly siphon off responding. And I don't get upset with people when they decide they don't want to be involved with me. Like I've said, um, I will say that for me, the line is you've told me you're either going to tell me in which case you are now obligating yourself to tell me yep. or we have had more than a week's worth of conversation. 
you know, if you're consistently talking to this person and it's like a mutual establishment of like, I'm interested in you and you are interested in me and let's see where it goes. And then you ghost. like, to me, that's just like, it's just petty, mm. you know? So I feel like it's like this interesting, like dichotomy almost of like, when is it acceptable to just stop talking to someone? I almost expect it to happen in the more short term conversations. And I don't get upset about those because there's really no connection or established expectation. Well, I think there's a huge difference between like deciding that you're not compatible and losing interest because losing interest, I can see maybe in six months you'll feel differently. You don't want to like burn a bridge. You don't want to be like, oh, I don't see this going anywhere. But when you have that, like, oh, I really don't see this going anywhere. I just think the decent thing to do is either be like, hey, not going to be responding. Don't really feel this XOXO block. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like, but something or, or some sort of signal versus like, oh, we just happened to stop talking and now we're going to pick up talking because I think that's, that's fine. That's life. You haven't met. So you don't have an obligation to talk every day. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I try not to be that person who like makes a big deal out of it. If I stop hearing from somebody, because to me, it's like, okay, like if we've only been talking for a few days and you decide to stop responding to me, like, I'm not going to waste energy being like that to me just isn't that big of a deal. So when I do it, I don't feel as bad as when it's like, I've met you, we've had a personal connection and now I'm ghosting you. In those cases, I always say like, it was so great to meet you and, or talk to you for this extended period of time. However, and thusly goodbye. Um, Yep. So I will not get this deep about dating corner ever again. I just wanted to establish a nice baseline of how I feel about things. And from this point on, it will just be little anecdotes of what goes on within the hive. Little pithy moments. So cool. I think it's time to sip. I would just love to sip. I'm so thirsty. So thirsty. The tea is exceptionally good today made this Mm, very delicious Emma I think you should start with the anecdote that happened to you at the hairdresser because (laughs) it's a tale of of woe (laughs) it's something now listen I would just like to premise this by saying I don't take this to heart I was not emotionally wounded I thought it was funny and a little inappropriate um I took it personally (laughs) (laughs) I was like there and I took it personally (laughs) um I was just like um at that point I'll explain. So I was getting my hair touched up back in Ohio where I was from, where I am from, was from previously, no longer from. (laughs) (laughs) I've divorced it. (laughs) No, (laughs) because I really like the stylist there. My mom's been going to her for a long time and her rates are much, she does a great job and she's much more reasonable than New York city stylist. So while I'm there and I need a touch up, I always just go to her and she's great, great person, does a great job. However, I... (laughs) Um, she is, I wouldn't say she's like fat or anything, but she definitely has, she's on the plus size end of the spectrum as far as like womanly figures goes. Um, and I consider myself, as we've said, more midsize. So I put myself at like an eight, I probably put her around like a 16 to 20. I don't really know exactly what her range is. So I was getting my hair done and we were talking to each other about like the woes of buying clothes. Huh. That's what I did there. <laughs> it was an accident, but go me. Um, <laughs> I love me. So uh, <laughs> you have to love yourself first. Um, 
I uh, got a straight A in that category. <laughs> I'm doing so well. I am the teacher and the student. Um, Love others. <laughs> um, so we were talking about how frustrating it is to buy clothes and I was talking about, you know, like, oh yeah, I mean, like, you know, when you have hips, it's just so, it's so difficult. And she goes, yeah, and you're not even that heavy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I just sort of like, I took a second to be like, okay. And I just rolled right past it. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, when you're not super thin, sometimes it can be hard to find jeans that fit everything. And we just rolled right past it and moved on. Because I'm not going to sit there and be like, did you just call me fat? <laughs> to her um because I will say like these these are similar to comments that she's made towards like other people not in like a vindictive or binding way she's just I think that she has a skewed idea of sizing and um maybe to her anything bigger than like a size six is considered heavy you know like I don't know and I'm like okay I mean like (laughs) I almost had a complex about it and I was like you know like I know what I'm about. I know that I'm in shape. So we're just going to move on. But it was, a, it was an interesting time for me. And Hannah was like, mm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a really, I had a mixed reaction. So there was like half of my brain that was like, I know people who intentionally say things that they try to put as middle of the road, which they're trying to do because they don't want to say to you, oh my gosh, you're so thin. And then have you argue with them or, oh my gosh, you're, you know, you're quite plus sized and have you argue with them. So I think the aim was probably hit middle of the road and try to give you like a weird compliment and, you know, kind of backhanded, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you're, you're not bad. Um, and, and not to induce an argument. Now, my other half of the brain reaction was, you know, when you suck your nose in so hard at like breathing that it looks like the Voldemort nose, like, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That was my other reaction because, okay. Teeny tiny rant. Really Go ahead. I'm going to have a couple of these during this episode. So just get some popcorn. Um, I don't understand people calling people fat or big or using words that are descriptive Heavy. that have been associated in the past as negative. I know there's a lot of change happening around certain terms right now, especially fat. But what I will say to you is most people who say it to you are not trying to give you a compliment. And I don't understand why you would say it because number one the biggest point you don't know who is in recovery from what you don't know people's lives you don't know people's stories and you don't know what this could have done because emma from a couple years ago could have gone into a relapse for eating disorder because of that or ed as we call it (laughs) don't even start (laughs) um but i james i've also been in that place like i've also been in a place of every negative comment doesn't just play in my head again. It plays on like a loop. And then I start to make decisions based on a perception of myself that isn't even mine. Mm -hmm. So stop commenting negatively or neutrally on people's size. If you want to compliment someone for me, if you want to compliment me, it's more of like compliment my strength because I feel like I work so hard to be physically strong in the gym. So if you want to compliment me, that's the direction to go because I'm not going to get a complex about that personally. Like, I don't care if someone looks heavier or lower than me. Like I'm happy with where I'm at, but even like comments of what you think are going to be nice things like calling someone thick or calling them like 
oh, you're so thin, but you like, maybe you like thin women. And to you, that's like a, a good thing. But to her, maybe it's like, man, I've been either super overweight and I'm trying to maintain being thin or I'm so thin and I hate it. Like, you don't know. So best to just avoid. And I think this is a good jumping off point, which is why I asked about it when I did, because I think a lot of people struggle with this and I don't think a lot of people talk about it. And it's feeling comfortable in your body, not in the sense that like you're okay with your size, but in the sense that you start to find the traits that you have naturally attractive. And that is so difficult for women because we were basically thin body, like brainwashed throughout the two thousands, throughout the nineties of, if you can't see your hip bones, if you don't have a thigh gap, if you are not Victoria Beckham, you are unattractive and therefore you need to work on yourself. And most magazines now have some sort of stupid section. That's like 15 ways for you to lose 15 pounds. Why? So like perfect example, I just got my wedding photos back. Yay. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Thank you. Do you know the one thing I was thinking the whole time? Your arms. Every picture. Oh my God. My arms look big. Oh my God. I want you to know that I didn't notice anything about your arms. No, but she knows my, my trigger point, which is I don't like the way that my arms look because I, in my brain want super thin bird arms and I need to stop wanting it, but it's, it's getting comfortable with whatever you're carrying with you, whatever your natural body looks like mm-hmm. and considering that attractive rather than trying to like copy paste yourself into someone else's body. Yeah. I understand that. Um, my, I have some arm moments because I mean, I, I have tried to switch the dialogue from large to muscular and that's, and that's really hard too, because there's also like a complex you get about being a muscular woman and I am more okay with it now, but when I look at a photo of myself, one of the first things that I usually notice is like, how does my midsection look? Like that's probably the first place I'm going to look. And that's one of the things that I always look at and admire about your photos. Cause you always look really good. But I mean, in general, like don't compliment me, Hannah, <laughs> but I think, I think we know each other's trigger points mm-hmm. and we know that it's in our heads because we both suffer from body dysmorphia. We've both had eating disorders. So we know that struggle and we've shared it together. And I think more and more on Instagram um, and other social media, but Instagram's the only one I use. So I mean, you're gonna have to talk about the rest. (laughs) But on Instagram, I think it's becoming more and more realistic. Like everybody's waking up to hey, this is your body and you're supposed to love it. You're not supposed to try to like wrap it or tape it or bop it into another size. But midsize is weird because I said this at the beginning, like uh, I read an article and it's it's the most difficult to define category. Mm-hmm. It's the most ignored when it comes to advertising. And it is the most common statistically when it comes to sizing because it represents the majority of the population. Like most people are an average size, just like most people are an average height, et cetera. Yeah. And so when you have an average size group, they either are pushed to the thin side and they feel big, mm-hmm. which is not negative, but they do. They, you know, I can't fit into a size six, like right. shocker. Um, or they're pushed to the plus size and they feel too small and they don't feel curvy enough or yeah. what have you. And so I think midsize style is not only a growing trend, but something that's really important to talk about as to midsize girls. That's just in ourselves. 
you know, it's interesting. And one of the things that we want to talk about was I don't know any guys with similar struggle. Granted, I don't know that I understand completely how men's sizing works, especially with jeans. It seems to be pretty straightforward from what I... It's very straightforward. So I've had to buy jeans for my husband because he doesn't understand the beautiful art form that is shopping. Um, so I've had to buy him jeans and it's wear it till it wears out and it's horrifying. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Like that's exactly what it is. Like, but it's I mean, totally there's fine. two holes in the thighs there. So, so he has 34 inch jeans, like the 34 by at least 32. Yeah. That's his jean size. I bought him jeans from three different places and they he did not try them on. They, per- they fit perfectly. And he's not like dead thin. Like he very easily could not have fit into them. And I don't think that, and this is why, because with women, it's about sales. And the more that you don't fit into your clothes, either positively or negatively in terms of how much room there is, Mm -hmm. the more they can sell you other stuff. And with guys, nobody cares. All they want is the jeans to fit, at least that I understand. Mm -hmm. So, and again, like, I'm not talking about your birth. I'm talking about the gender that you claim. So with most guys sizing, it's, it's straightforward. Yeah. And I think with women's sizing, it's intentionally skewed. And I mean, there have been studies done that have proven that that tactic as like a they're going to size down a lot of the time in order to make you size up. And and you know, jeans are usually a, a lump price. You know, they're not based on like the added fabric or anything. No. But it encourages, I would say, diet culture, which is yep. huge money maker among women, and I'm sure men have that as well but it's i mean this isn't just us like spitballing that idea like that's a proven tactic that is used by marketing companies well and again like here's a perfect example so most of the things i buy are size large Mm -hmm. now what that means in every store changes and that's crazy to me so like my measurements don't change but my size varies so drastically and in some stores i'm an xl and my question to those stores is, what do you do if yeah. you're beyond my size? Cause I'm a UK like 14, 16 and I'm a US like between 10, 12 and 14, depending on yeah. where I'm shopping. Mm-hmm. What do you do if you're a size 16? What do you do if you're a size 18? Like, what are you buying? Because trust me, like these clothes are not roomy in terms of like, oh, it's a large, but it gives like a lot of them are like, this is the size. And mm-hmm. so what, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. How are you? So it makes no sense to me to call someone who is a size 16 in the U S plus sized. Cause to me, plus size should be reserved for women who are size 20 size, like who are genuinely bigger than the mid size section. And the same is true for super thin people. You know, you're, you shouldn't be like curvy boot cut. If you're a size two, you're you're not a curvy boot cut. You're a thin boot cut. That's (laughs) a very, and that's great, but that that's just not what you are. So I, I think there's a lot of like twisting and contorting that mm-hmm. sales teams try to do. I don't, I don't like, have anything for it. I don't like that curvy quote unquote is reserved for women who are typically, I would say in America anyway, size 16 and up. Like that's the identifier is curvy for them. You know, um, I consider myself curvy in ways. I am very curvy. Like I, to me, curvy is like, do you have a non-linear path down your body? Then you are curvy. 
That's literally what curves mean. <laughs> like, and sometimes women don't. Sometimes women have a very straight up and down body and that's fine. That's just as feminine. Yep. It's just not curvy. Right. So once again, I feel that that almost carries a negative connotation when you're like, oh, she's curvy because I feel like you're just veiling how you feel about her having to wear a size bigger than you, you know, like, well, and Emma has a very specific, how do you want to talk about it? Like we talked about it a little bit with um, Instagram influencers, but Mm -hmm. plus size models and their health. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a popular opinion. I don't know why it's not popular because I think that there's a difference between health at every size and love at every size. You should love your body and yourself no matter what health you are at. I am fully on board with that. I am 0% on board with the idea of health at every size on either side of the spectrum, but you definitely see it more within the quote unquote plus size community. Well, and it's fair. So this is bring it back to mid-size style. This is where it's really difficult because if you're following our advice, if you're looking on Instagram and you're thinking who looks like me, it's really, really hard to find mid-size people who look like you because mid-size people sometimes are like size six and they call themselves mid-size and I'm not. And sometimes they're size 22, 24. You're also not mid-size in the most kind way possible. Like you're in a different market. I mean, it literally means middle size. Yeah. You're in, you're in the plus market and that's beautiful and that's great, but that's not mid-size. And so it's the same thing with like, how do I shop for clothes if I can't put myself in a specific merchandising category? Yeah. If I can't buy a set pair of jeans over and over again without fearing that they're going to come to me and not fit despite the fact that my waist hips ratio hasn't changed. I, you know, and I'm, I'm mid-sized no matter what, because I've never, I can't remember the last time, maybe bodybuilding prep. I would think I was like a four to six. And that was like, also in the throes of my eating disorder. So like it wasn't maintainable by any means. So my natural body sits at the lowest at an eight. So I'm qualified mid-size pretty much no matter what I'm doing. But what irritates me is that I'm really more of a nine and they don't sell nines. Hardly anyone sells nines. They do. Like nines exist. It's like, I don't know. It's like a 39, I think. It's usually like a juniors thing though. The odd numbers are usually junior sizes for those for who me, never try to shop for women's I either, Yeah, I either have to buy an eight and it's too tight on the quad or I buy a 10 and I'm perpetually belting. So it's irritating to me. And just going back to how like men shop versus women shop, like I don't know many guys who have difficulty finding their exact size, maybe in length. I find length might be a little difficult if you're extraordinarily tall, but, um, waist size, it's usually true to form, you know? So, um, well, and the interesting thing to me is like when people are like, oh, well, I've seen people on Instagram who have really small waists and really curvy hips and their jeans fit like they're painted on that's called tailoring. So what you have to do if you have, for example, all the Kardashians do this. Sofia Vergara does this. If you have a very, very disproportionate waist to your hips, and I'm not saying like your hips are smaller than or your hips are smaller than your waist or your waist are smaller than your hips. Like that is very normal. It happens to a lot of people. It's true of both of us. This is like, you have either surgically or like somehow cosmetically changed your body proportions to the point that you could not have achieved that naturally. Correct. What they do is they buy the size that fits their thighs and then they have seamstresses tailor them in 
So they basically create a custom size. Now, what that costs you, because I tried it once, because I was like, if this is the answer, how cheap is that? Like I'll buy like a 20 pound pair of jeans. I'll have them tailored. They'll fit like gloves. It'll be perfect. Mm -hmm. It was 50 pounds to have jeans tailored. Nice. So maybe you could find it cheaper. Okay. 30 pounds, every pair of jeans, yeah. it's a size tax and it's wild to me. So again, it's, it's, why are we trying to publicize something as normal mm -hmm. when it's either cosmetically enhanced or completely unrealistic. Yeah. I have another rant. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. I did a stupid thing this week. Okay. I, one of the girls I follow who I really like did a giveaway and I really wanted the stupid thing. She was giving away. I can't even remember what it is now. And there were 10 influencers that you had to follow oh on the God. stupid giveaway. Just wait on the giveaway to qualify to enter. I followed them. Fine. It's fine. The, they might be good content. Her content's good. Fine. Swipe, enter the giveaway. Now, of course, everyone with at least two brain cells knows I don't have a snowball's chance in hell of winning this giveaway. You never do. I never know how this stuff works. Anyway, I hate giveaways. Stop doing them. They're annoying. <laughs> anyway, so as the girl who just these, engaged in a giveaway. <laughs> I know, I know. All of these girls save three. So there were 10 that I had to follow. Three have decent content. The other ones are cyborgs. I don't understand why every blogger looks the exact same. Yeah, it's creepy. I hate the presets. I hate the contoured makeup, like waking up with your kid. I hate the matching outfits with your kid. I hate the like, we're gathering around the Christmas tree with our labradoodle and somehow like the light is on, but it's dark, but it's like contour. But oh my gosh, it's so exhausting. Stop looking identical. Yeah. And also each one of those women, had to be like a size two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, and what I'll probably do is suggest that we do an influencer culture separately as an episode, but just as yeah. a quick sidebar, in addition to this rant, they all, to me, to be like goals, like if you want to achieve that, let me tell you, they've all had nose jobs. Almost all of them have had some, because they all have the same nose. I'm sorry, but just like, like statistically speaking, not everyone can be born with the exact same nose. It just does not happen. And I'm all, nose job. I'm all for doing what makes you feel better about yourself. Like some people get rhinoplasties because they have like a, a deviated septum or they have something going yeah. on in their nose that requires them to do that. Or, you know, like maybe just for you personally, it's always been a source of contention in your life. You know, if that's going to make you feel better and like you made a good decision, do it. If you're doing it because you're like, well, insert influencer here has a hundred thousand followers and I think it's because she looks this way and that's why you do it. Huge contributing factor to body dysmorphia and a large part of my problem with influencer culture. Just as a quick tale to close this up. Mm -hmm. If you all look identical, how do you make money? All of you, I couldn't tell you apart in a lineup. I could not tell you which one shot the sheriff. You are all fembots, you look identical to me. How could I possibly be like, oh, blah, blah, looked way better in these jeans than blah, blah. Obviously I must support her affiliate link. Like <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you apart. Yeah, I, I am very over influencers. Yeah, influencer dumb. I'm, I'm no longer in the realm where I want to achieve that. And if I achieve any sort of popularity, I want it to be because I am uniquely myself. That's what I'm saying though. Cause I really like 
women who make money on social media who have great profiles, who have great content, who are authentic. I love those. I follow a ton of them. I hate influencers. Yeah. We're like way off track now, but anyway. You know why? Because they all use the hashtag midsize style. Stop it. And every single one of them, apart from three, were below a size six. Okay. I'm going to make an Instagram post and also put midsize style to put real midsize style out there in the world. Like just uh-uh. No, absolutely it's not. And same, it's the same problem that we have with people who are midsize calling themselves plus size. Yep. You're not. You're not plus size. You're not. You're midsize. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with being in that weird middle category because almost all of us are. A lot of us are in there. Um, just to make sure that we have some happiness and not just <laughs> Randy McRanderson all over this. Um, these are things that we have found that have worked for midsize style. So both of us have a smaller waist to hip ratio. Now for me, I am much taller than Emma. So I'm 5'10". And therefore my body proportions are larger than Emma's, which took me a long time to come to terms with because <laughs> I also had an ED season where I was a size six, it was wildly unhealthy. So I needed several sandwiches. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but the, the point being my body proportions have changed as I've aged as well. Mm-hmm. So as I've aged, as I've found what works for me nutritionally, as I've come through recovery, my body has really changed. So I have what most people would describe as an hourglass figure where I have a not too small bust, a smaller waist, and then wide hips. Mm -hmm. So my hips are about 43 inches in circumference. Mm -hmm. So for most jean sizes, that puts me roughly at about a 32 inch waist. If I'm buying US jeans, probably like a 12. If I'm buying uh, UK jeans, probably like a 14 or 16. I would also qualify myself as a more classic hourglass figure. I'm a 36 C on top. I don't know what my waist is. I range between 28 to 32, just depending on where I'm at. And then my hips are 41. So I had an ex call me a brat doll once. I don't think it's quite that extreme, but Aren't they really lanky. I, I, I mean, I don't know. They it's up for interpretation. Um, he was like, what are you a brat doll? And I was like, I wish. <laughs> but I want really large eyes and the inability to speak. <laughs> it me. Um, no, I, it took me a long time to appreciate the body I had because it was not the popular body type when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, now it's like people are paying for similar proportions, which has really given me a complex. Cause it's kind of like, it's weird to see your natural body type be something that people are surgically achieving. And I'm but like, it's strange because the rest of their body doesn't match it. Right. So they'll be like really, really thin arms and legs. And then these massive hips, bums, and like breasts. And that it's yeah. just, it's wild to me because then it programs you to like, that's how you should look if you have curves. And it's like, no, 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 no. no I honestly, like, I see that. And I'm just like, I honestly just think it looks ridiculous, you know? And I, I don't blame them because it's what's popular right now at the Kardashians, but at the same time, I wish that they could have come to a place where they loved and appreciated themselves for what they were before they took that measure. But this is the world we live in. 
and it took me a long time to love myself. And it wasn't really until I started seeing my body type become the trend that I was like, yeah, oh, I like looking this way, you know, like this is a good thing. And then as I got older as well, men started to respond differently to how I looked versus how they reacted when I was younger, because in high school, I don't think that maybe not in high school, but like growing up when you hit puberty, I don't know that most boys are at that point where they can recognize, like, I like how this person looks. Maybe it makes them uncomfortable when they are like sexually attracted to a girl at a young age when they're going through puberty. I don't really know. At men, what's that like? I know for me, I didn't think about men's body types when I was growing up. I just liked you if I liked you. So anyway, all that to say, because it worked for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just say, I have a few specific brands that I really like that I feel are conducive to my body type without making me feel like I'm stretching or needing to go to a different space to be okay with what I'm buying. Um, for me, obviously, American Eagle and Aerie as an auxiliary of that. I yes. love Aerie because they don't, touch, they don't touch up their models. They, however you look, that's what you look like on the poster. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Cellulite and stretch marks are very normal. Yep. They are not even medical conditions. They're just your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with retouching. I think it's great, yeah. but that's a cultural change. I love that. And I love that um, it's starting with something so obvious as like lingerie and like underwear in general. Like it's one thing to touch someone up when they're in clothing. It's totally another to see them as they are in just a bra and underwear set. Mm -hmm. Them. And for me, I really like Zara personally. I found their jeans. They all have stretch that I've had so far. Yeah. I buy tens just because I don't like buying eights sort of gives me a complex. Like they fit but not as well as I'd like them to. So it's just easier for me mentally to buy a 10. And um, the Zara jeans not only have held up really well, but I don't feel like I'm out of place buying a size 10 there. Yeah. So I will echo American Eagle and Aerie are huge in my closet. Um, I, I love their stuff. I've, I've really changed a lot in my personal style from I used to try to be really, really put together all the time because I thought that that's how people would like me. And now I've sort of settled back into, actually, I like to be kind of casual. I like a sweatshirt, actually, crew neck sweatshirts are they. I, I like to be more comfortable. And then I sort of mix in, put together when I want to, when I feel like it, when I want to wear makeup. Yeah, American Eagle and Aerie are major in my closet. I really love Levi's. Levi's jeans are the bomb. Um, I always buy the ones with stretch because, again, I refuse to wear jeans that don't have stretch. I think it's a waste of time and the easiest way to trigger yourself into a mental breakdown. It's just so bad. If you have curves, it's, you can't do the like straight vintage mom jean thing. Like you will never get your butt into it. Never. They won't get past your, once you get to the very bottom of your thigh, say goodnight, Gracie. Goodbye. The other thing that I actually really like is I've started to really enjoy like top shop sweaters. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge top shop person because to me, it's a little bit young. Most of it is really like Gen Z really ripped in odd places clothing. And you're like, why? Yeah. Or like references I don't get and colors I wouldn't wear. But that's the neon yellow phase of my life. Yeah. And like pleather, a lot of pleather, but I, they're, they're sweaters, they're jackets. Some of them are really, really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, and they last you really well. I got a Topshop camel jumper for Christmas and I really like it. One of my favorite things is to wear like a slightly cropped sweater. So it's not, you can't see my stomach or my abdomen, but you can see like just above 
like the midpoint of my zipper. And I just like the way that that proportionally looks because yeah. my hips and yeah. all of that. So I'm into a cropped sweater look mm -hmm. and a cropped t-shirt when it's from the time. I really like to accentuate my waist personally. So I always wear smaller tops than I like in the winter. Obviously sweaters are like my life, but I do wear a crop sweater like all the a time. Sweater. A sweater. <laughs> <laughs> the other brands that I've been really into lately, I like Madewell stuff. I think Madewell is amazing. It's Madewell, but it's, it's quality stuff that if you wait until it goes on sale, because it's bananas expensive, if you buy it, like just normally, yeah. but if you wait until it goes on sale, it's the kind of thing that I like classic pieces. I don't want to be trendy. I'm not into what, what's happening right now. I want stuff that's going to look good on me no matter what. Yeah. My closet has become very neutral as the years have gone on. It's just, yeah. You move away from trends. Once you get past 24, yeah. I think it's just let it die. And the other thing um, that I really like are some of the like band tees from like Urban Outfitters. If you wait till those goes on go on sale, they're great. I really like oh, what is it? Um, shoot, I just had it in my head. Oh, so I obviously work out a lot, and once again, obviously. established obviously, I have hips and a butt, and they're not going anywhere. So Hannah makes fun of me for wearing these, but I have to honestly say that Fleo is some of the most forgiving spandex that I've ever worn. Like, I don't find it to cut into me. I find it to be functional. It shows off what I like to show off, but they also make leggings if you're not comfortable. And they, they're doing, they've extended their, or expanded rather, their line to include cycling shorts and high rise contour. And they also make, they make low rise as well, but I don't play, I don't do the low rise game. That's just not my thing. I tried to get into cycling shorts and I have to tell you, I think I need to do a lot more mental work on myself before I'm ready yeah. for them because cycling they really like cut into your thighs if yeah. you have curvy thighs. And it just puts you in a negative headspace. Mm -hmm. Like I like the look of cycling shorts on other people. I don't think I'm, I'm mentally ready for that. I think it's definitely more, I think it looks better personally on a thinner frame. Absolutely. I just, you know, very princess die cycling short style. Like I envy them for that, but in general, I appreciate the size that I have. So even if I can't wear cycling shorts, there we are. But Fleo is great workout brand if you have hips and you need shorts that don't feel like they're cutting off your circulation at every moment as well as honestly h&m workout stuff has been really great for me um h&m in general as long as you dig in the right places can mm -hmm. have some gems i have a jumper from h&m that i still have like three years on and i love it mm -hmm. but most of it i wouldn't i would not suggest their denim they are so up and down with their denim i've had to buy 14s there like it's just crazy their sizes are wild because yeah. they're like totally random i'm pretty sure they're just like mm, well, <laughs> like, yeah in the wheel <laughs> genuinely though yeah um, um their shirts though i find be pretty consistent so shirts i buy there and then i have this pair of workout leggings from there that i adore and they don't get transparent and weird so sorry matt yeah i think our biggest thing about midsize style is learn to love the body you have and at brands everywhere, stop trying to market us into a body that we don't have. Yeah. I um, saw someone say something that I think it's probably McZazen that it was a quote someone else said that she posted and it was like, you shouldn't fit clothing. Clothing should fit you. Was the yeah. Quote. You aren't made to fit clothing. Clothing is made to fit you. Yeah. Take that away with you listeners at guys. Nico, you're usually pretty good at responding to the prompts we make for men. What is your experience like 
buying clothing? Do you experience anything similar to us? Do people ghost you after two weeks on dating apps? The hard, the hard pressed questions that I'm asking. So. But um, thanks for tuning in guys. We had some fun. This is something we both hold near and dear to our hearts. So mm-hmm. just know you're not alone. We're all in solidarity here with the struggle. And I am Emma. I'm Hannah. Oh, that's the tea.